Welcome to the Confident Podcast. I am your host, Lisa Thompson. If you found yourself here, it means that you are ready to take the next step or maybe even the first step into your journey to confidence and self-love. My goal is to help empower you to love yourself, get unstuck, and take personal action for self-improvement. Our conversations are real, vulnerable, and authentic, and we are excited to have you on this journey with us. Let's get started. everybody. Welcome back for another episode of The Confident Podcast. I am your host, Lisa Thompson. And as always, it's such an honor to be here. I think I start every podcast out that way, but you know what? It always gets me in such a good mood, some energy to be talking about confidence. It's something that I teach on a daily basis, um, but sometimes not everybody that works with me one-on-one, um, or I can't work with everybody one-on-one. So this gives me the opportunity to reach more folks. And that's what I want for all of you listening. And I want you to be able to walk away from this podcast with tools to really inspire you to gain confidence, to overcome any limiting beliefs that you have, and just know that you are not alone. Myself, along with every guest who comes on these podcasts, have stories. They're real. They're raw. We've been there. We might still be there a little bit, uh, but we're all figuring it out together. And so just to start out, you know, um, I'm in Michigan. It's still a little cold here. It's fine. We'll be okay here. I'm jealous of all my friends that are showing me pictures of the sun and enjoying that. Um, But to anybody that's in the Michigan um, time, just know, hey, it's almost going to be spring here and summers in Michigan are the best. And so, you know, I share a lot on here about growth with myself, growth with my nonprofit self-love beauty and just overall. And you know, if you listen to my podcast from last March, I I vaguely remember it, but I'm pretty sure I shared with all of you guys that I was in a moment of tears of a really tough time in my life. And reflecting on this last year, taking a break from the podcast, focusing on myself, I have to say I'm in a very different position than what I was a year ago. Um, much happier, much more fulfilled, much more free. And I only share that for the fact that for all of you to know that if you're feeling like, when is this going to end? Because I will tell you, come March, I was struggling of last year and it lasted for a pretty long time. Even with so many great things happening in my life, I was still really struggling. And it is so cool to see a year later, if you keep like moving along, if you keep pushing yourself, if you keep challenging yourself and investing in yourself, how your confidence can change. And so just to anybody out there, just know that you are not alone in feeling any of the feels that you're feeling. And maybe you're listening right now and be like, wow, last March, I actually felt the exact same way. Or maybe you're saying to yourself, wow, I'm feeling how Lisa did a year ago. Well, either way, give yourself a celebration that you're here today, that you're trying to work on yourself and that you're showing up listening to a podcast to help you with confidence. And so with that, we today are going to be talking about how to overcome the imposter syndrome. Oh, my favorite conversation to have because, you know, in the last couple of months, this word, these two words, I should say, have been coming up a lot more with people, people that I look at and they're like, yeah, I was, I was definitely having an imposter moment. And I looked at them like you, you felt a certain way. And it's just a reminder that we all go through very, very hard times or moments where we just don't believe in ourselves. And we're going to bring on a guest to really guide us through how to overcome our imposter syndrome and have a great conversation. But before she comes on, we are going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsor. 
Our sponsor for today's podcast is Athletic Greens, and I cannot tell you enough how much I love this product. It has become a staple in my home, and my family uses it every morning. So Athletic Greens has really helped me with my IBS and my IBC, and it's really become a game changer in my gut health. It supports mental clarity and alertness. It is a small micro habit with big benefits. And as you know, I'm really big on making sure that I have habits in my life that really are effective. And it's also recommended by professional athletes. So join me and let's love our bodies a little bit more. And to do that, I am partnering with Athletic Greens because they are going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash theconfident. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash the confident to pick up, to take care of your ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate nutritional insurance. All right, we are back. Our sponsor for today is AG1 Athletic Greens. We are loving them. I think I say that on every podcast that they are a part of, but I just cannot get enough of them. Heck, I had them, I had started my morning off with them right before, right when I woke up, right before I had coffee. Highly recommend them if you you haven't tried them yet. But to kind of take us back to why we're here today, and it's really about the topic of how to overcome the imposter syndrome. How do you overcome it? And so to do that, I'm going to bring on my friend, Jessie. And before she shares a little bit about herself, you know, it's fun when you join um, groups, you try to grow in your learning, um, and you meet great people. And I was going through co-active coaching um, last year around this time, I would say, and Jesse and I were in the same cohort. And it's so cool when you meet so many people, but you then you like dig in on some other folks and you just are like, oh, I can relate. Oh, let's talk about this. And you kind of just relate on so many ways. And that's what Jesse and I, I feel like created with our friendship. While we don't get to talk all the time, when we do, it's like, oh, how are you doing this? Like we feed off of each other versus I'm going to say the, um, the higher structure, like we just are friends. We help each other. We guide each other. And I think to any woman or man out there, finding friends like that is so amazing. So Jesse, I'd love for you to introduce yourself, yourself to our audience today. Hi, Lisa. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for having me on the podcast. I love the introduction and really what you were sharing about being in community. I'm relatively new to the coaching world. I work as a leadership coach focused specifically on women. I love talking to moms, startup founders, nonprofit leaders, really to dig into what they want more of in their life. And it was so wonderful to meet you in the coaching community because you both straddle the nonprofit world, as well as being a coach and focus on confidence for women. So it really makes sense that we had this connection. And I love coaching because I love talking to people about transition and how to really go after what you want. And I myself have been through a number of transitions. I've, I started off my career in the tech world. I was an early employee at Google back in the day. I knew I wanted to do something different, decided to go back to school, got my master's in education from Stanford, and worked in the nonprofit world for a number of years, really focused on STEM education for middle school kids. I dabbled with running my own education startup, where I had a ton of imposter syndrome, actually decided to shut that down. It wasn't the right time and space for that, and took on executive director role at Wogramer, which was taking on the programmer stereotype, elevating stories of diverse women in tech and workshop about imposter syndrome. 
and how to overcome that because we found we were interviewing women who had these amazing careers in tech and we'd ask them what they were proud of and what their story was and they would often hesitate and they would downplay their accomplishments or they would leave out really important parts of their story. And so um, I really like to work specifically with women on how to overcome imposter syndrome and just recognize how great they are. Ah, I love it. I love it so much. You, um, and I love that your journey wasn't straight. You know, I think that that's the coolest part about um, what you were sharing. Like you started at one space and then you've continued to like grow into other spaces and find who you are today. You kind of upped and flowed a little bit. And I think that that's the cool part about being a woman or an entrepreneur or anybody out there is that we don't always just have this clear path into what we're doing. So um, so kudos for you for continuously listening to your heart and following that. And I'm just, you know, again, like so happy you're on here talking about the, how to overcome uh, the imposter syndrome with us. So, you know, I have to ask, and, um, and this is probably a question a lot, we hear this word imposter syndrome, but some of us don't even like, what does that even mean? So when you hear the word imposter syndrome, what comes to mind for you? Yeah, it's a great question. And in some ways, we know this word imposter, right? The sense of not belonging, not feeling good enough. And one of the more technical definitions of imposter syndrome is the psychological pattern in which people doubt their accomplishments and have a persistent, often internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud. So I think that that idea of someone's going to find out that I'm not the right person to be keynoting this event or I shouldn't, who am I to write this book? It's that inner critic taking the microphone in our heads and telling us, you know, maybe we aren't enough. Maybe we don't deserve to be here. And I think it is one of those feelings that people even will have at a variety of points in their career. You may feel like you've overcome it and then you will get a promotion or you'll be given a new responsibility where you may not feel you're quote unquote the expert in and that imposter will rear its head again. And so I think it's really powerful to recognize when that's showing up and that you have some tools to remind yourself that you are capable and you are qualified and competent to be doing the task in front of you. Yeah. And the whole time you were talking, I was just being like, yep, that happened the other week. Yep. That happened a year ago. Like many times when it just like comes up to you, you know, like as someone who teaches confidence and, you know, really wants to focus on this stuff, like it still happens to people that are in these industries. And, you know, you're at a point where you are a leadership coach, you're helping train people, you know, but you started your career out at Google. So take us back to a moment where you had imposter syndrome. What, what did that do to you? Like in that moment? And then how did you over, how did you overcome that imposter syndrome? Yeah, it's a great question. And I would think beyond my time at Google, it was really a wonderful place to work, but I always felt that I wanted to do something in the world of education. And I was in the Bay area at the time. And so it didn't, and wasn't ready to relocate. So didn't look at a variety of master's programs, I just thought, okay, why don't I really push myself and stretch to apply to go to Stanford? And when I joined the education, the school of education there, I definitely felt a little bit of that imposter syndrome creeping up of, I didn't have an education background. I hadn't been teaching for a number of years. A lot of folks came in from 
doing programs such as Teach for America, or they had been principals, or they just had more of a foundation in education. And so I often found myself questioning what I was even doing there in a, in a master's program in education. And I found that what really helped me power through was to recognize I had a lot of transferable skills in the work that I was doing at Google. And in terms of team building and the operational work that I did there really transferred to how I saw myself growing in the field of education and running my own business. And so that is one of those ways where really reminding yourself what you're really good at. And one of the tricks I really like, and I talk to my clients about also, is to keep either a journal, even a Google Doc, that is essentially your confidence boost. And right in there, positive comments someone's given you or feedback you've received from your boss or a teammate or someone even in your community. And whenever you're questioning yourself, look at that document and remind yourself about your competencies and compliments you received and let yourself feel that confidence boost when you need it. And and I love going back and looking at that journal entry. Yeah. And, you know, as you were talking about, like, listening to other people that might just have a little bit more, like you said, foundation to things. And it takes me back to a moment when I first started be, uh, first started Self-Levy as a nonprofit. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I thought I knew a lot more about nonprofits than I actually did in the moment. But I remember sitting in a meeting with this, another nonprofit, and I felt, I'm just going to be completely honest, I felt very stupid. I felt that they knew so much, you know, they had all of this stuff about them. Like they were asking me questions that I couldn't answer because I didn't know it verbatim. I had a lot of learning to do at that moment. And I think what you're saying, what, what is a good reminder is that, I was looking at that as I'm stupid. I don't know enough. But really what it was is, wow, look at the eight years prior to becoming a nonprofit. I worked in a corporation, had all these skills I learned. Same with you. Like you had all of these other skills that you had to then be your foundation in a different way. And, you know, there's no right or wrong. We all, you know, come from different backgrounds and have different ways of where we get, get these skills. But um, it's a reminder to all of us that, you know, as you change, um, I've, I've said a few times on this podcast before that sometimes you have to get comfortable with the uncomfortable and that's what you had to do, you know, and being an imposter syndrome, I also think about it's, um, you're kind of getting out of your comfort zone. So it's like, am I worthy of being here? And we all are. It's just that belief inside of ourselves. So I love that thought process about the journal, you know, that journal of being a tool in an aspect. And everybody knows on this podcast, I love me some tools to really help us overcome those moments. And so, you know, you said something about one of the, you know, that you have your clients go through that. So, um, you know, what is something that you've noticed a lot with your clients when it comes to imposter syndrome and how do you be an effective coach to really help them get out of those? I'm going to say that downward spiral, because I, I know when I start that imposter syndrome thought process, it is really easy to stay in that negative downward spiral pretty quickly. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's having the awareness that you're starting to spiral, that really is that first step to to move out of it. And I love tools as well. I think that they can be sort of deeper exercises that take a long time, or they could just be quick 
mantras, things that you do that snap you out of that spiral. So I'll give you a quick one and a longer one. My quick tool to remind myself how awesome I am is the high five habit. It's a Mel Robbins tool. And literally what you do, look at yourself in the mirror, give yourself a high five. And we can drop... um, her book or some resources in the show notes if you want to, Lisa, but I think she's phenomenal. And it's just one of those activities, actions we do all the time. You know, as a runner, I think about running and giving people high fives and just, you know, this, this dopamine that you get from that simple activity. And so giving yourself a high five really is a wonderful way to celebrate yourself in a quick win. And I would say a longer, not necessarily longer, but another tool that I work with my clients on is really for them to write down the facts of themselves. So if they're writing and thinking about their story, I really ask them to think about talking about their accomplishments. And that's not bragging because they're talking about what they've actually done, what they've contributed, what their contribution allowed for, if that's at their company, at their university, at their nonprofit, what have they accomplished and achieved? And how does that move the mission forward? And how does that provide some meaning in their lives? And that type of exercise really gets people thinking about what they've done, what excites them, what energizes them, and then also opens up opportunities for them to come up with new ideas. Those are fantastic. And as you were like talking about the high five thing, I was just picturing myself, you know, when you run a 5k or a marathon or whatever, you're just like high-fiving these people. You feel all this good energy. Like, why don't we do that for ourselves sometimes? You know, we have to be our biggest cheerleaders. And you made me think about something that I've noticed a lot. And, you know, you can totally play off this a little bit if you have any of the similar things. But one of the biggest things I see with my clients is, um, they don't always understand the why behind things. So like, why are you having imposter syndrome? Like, why do you feel this way? Or even sometimes like, and maybe it's like this when we're going through different obstacles in our life or different, um, you know, changes. Like I, I just recently had a, had a client kind of want to challenge himself to do X, Y, Z. And I said, why do you want to do that? And he just kind of paused and he goes, I don't know why I want to do that. You know, I've and and that was a big reflection for him to notice, like, well, if I do this, you know, this is the outcome. But so many times we just go through the hustle and bustle and we don't really think about the why. And I think that kind of re- goes back to the imposter syndrome and how to overcome it. Sometimes, you know, if this is the first time you are going on stage or you want to change jobs or maybe, oh, I'm not good enough to apply for X, Y, Z. It's sitting back and be like, well, why do I even want this? And then it's a good reminder of like, wait, I am capable. I am all these things because we ask ourselves the hard question, which is really hard for people to do um, on that self-reflection piece. I don't know if you have anything to add on that. Yeah, absolutely. I think the key point of your question is why do I want this? And Mm -hmm. I think stopping, taking a deep breath, and really thinking about what you want, it is a luxury in some ways because we are programmed to go to school and get a get a job and then maybe go back to school and get a bigger job and you know keep climbing this proverbial ladder, never quite wondering where is it going? Do I even want to be on this ladder? What do I actually want to be doing? And so that is really what excites me about being a coach and doing this work is 
encouraging people and giving them the tools and exercises to stop and ask, well, what do you enjoy doing? When do you feel energized? What do you wish you could do, but you haven't given yourself permission to do yet? And how do you then run and experiment to test that? So that's another one of those tools or tips that I work with my clients on is you don't have to do a huge change. You don't have to quit your job or make a make a U-turn in your career, what could you try for five minutes or five hours and see if that experiment validates what you thought you wanted, what you want to be doing, how you want to be spending your time and go, and go from there. Yeah, that is, that is just such an interesting, and that's where, like all of the tools, I'm loving all of your tools. I just have to say that. Like, I, I love them because I think one of the biggest things that people get stuck on is I have imposter syndrome. I'm just going to sit in the suck, but you don't have to, you know, like, yeah, I'm all for, if you need a moment, take your moment, but I'm also about, well, you know, there are these really simple tools that can help you. And so, you know, with that, it's something that comes up a lot when you were, when you were talking about that is how many times back to the why of I've had my own and, you know, you were sharing some of your own and it's understanding your why about why do you want to jump in? You know, why do you want to do this? And I don't know, as you were talking, I was like, why don't I even do that enough with myself? You know, that I still get imposter syndrome a lot. And so it's a great reminder that when you ask yourself those questions and do that self-reflection, it kind of gets you excited. Like as you were talking, I was like, oh my gosh, if I did X, Y, Z, imagine my energy of like, I can tackle this imposter syndrome. You know, that's, that's the cool part is looking at it from a different lens of how do I tackle this imposter syndrome that I have versus looking at it as um, kind of like a handy, like a, a thing that's like holding me back. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, when you were talking, Lisa, I was thinking about what really drives imposter syndrome and it's a variety of factors, but two really stick out to me. One is this assumption that everything has to go perfectly. And that you have to be an expert. And if you're not, then you're not worthy. You're not good enough. You don't deserve this job, this promotion, this keynote opportunity, this book deal, whatever it may be. So this pressure for things to go perfect, I think, really drives that imposter syndrome. And I think it's tied to the second piece of this assumption we have that everyone else has it all figured out. And in many ways, our modern culture and social media, and even before social media, right, magazines and print media and content often told this story of happily ever after. Everything's great. Everyone has it all figured out. And then when we have any feelings of self-doubt, we immediately feel like, well, we must be the fraud. Everyone else is an expert and things are going perfectly in their life. And we are the ones who are struggling or not good enough. And so I do think there's so much power in the more we talk about imposter syndrome and recognizing everyone experiences at different points, even from world leaders and CEOs, everyone has a point in which they're questioning, you know, should I be the person in charge of this? And they're going to use the same tools or their own tools to figure out how to overcome that. Yes, to all of that. (laughs) That's all I had to say about that. The whole time you were talking, I was just like, yes, like 
like, and, and it's very easy to do that comparison. And I think one of the things too, is, you know, before we started recording this podcast, you and I had this whole conversation about some things and it really took my imposter syndrome down to another, like a lower level in a good way, because it taught me like, all I needed to do was talk it out sometimes too. Like we get so into our heads where we forget like, you know, oh, I am good at this or am good at that. And it's just, you know, such a beautiful thing. So thank you for sharing that, especially when you're like the happily ever after. Cause I was like, yeah, that's something that trips us up a lot, you know? And so to end this podcast, Jesse, I'd love for you to share with us just one thing that, you know, if you could, if you could give advice to our audience on imposter syndrome, um, you know, what would that piece of advice be? And then the second question would be is, you know, you're such a phenomenal coach. I've loved getting to know you over the, over the course of this last year. And so how can people connect with you? Oh, thanks so much, Lisa. Yeah. I, I love coaching. I'm, I have capacity to take on a few more clients. And so if you're interested in chatting more with me, I offer a free 30-minute discovery session that people can find on my website. It's jaurora.me. And hopefully we can also include that in the show notes. Mm -hmm. And the tidbit that I would leave the audience with is one of the, that's another tool or strategy you can use around your imposter syndrome. And that's really to create quick feedback loops. I think that gives two, that does two things for you. So when you have long feedback loops, if you're waiting and you have a quarterly review or end of year review, or you only talk to your manager every so often, it really makes those interactions really higher stakes. And so you don't want to wait for the infrequent review to ask your manager, your director, or colleague for input. So what you want to do is find a trusted colleague, a member of the community, even you and I connecting and sharing, you know, how you're doing something, what you're trying out, what experiments you're running. It gives you more ideas that feedback makes you better. And it also makes you better at receiving feedback. And that is something that makes you stronger as a person where you won't take it as critically or as personally, you get more comfortable with giving and receiving critical feedback, which helps you to grow. So create those quick feedback loops, find a trusted trusted coworker, colleague. And that's something that everyone can try this week. Awesome. I love that. And Jesse, thank you so much for literally all the tools that you gave us throughout this whole episode of this podcast. And to everybody listening, and I really hope that you found a, a valuable to know like, hey, you're not alone. So raise your hand. We've all been there. Um, have imposter syndrome. We're still going to have it, but you can overcome it with tools. You know, you do not have to sit in that negativity and then miss out on amazing opportunities because you're scared. And so to everybody listening, and I hope that you took away some amazing tools. And as I always say, continue to spread love and kindness to everybody that you meet and have a great day. Thanks for listening today. If you want to continue your journey to confidence and self-love, let's connect for one-on-one coaching. In the description of this podcast is information on how to work with me, and I would love to help you continue to invest in yourself.